So this is not the, uh, I mean, I can't believe that anybody can be so stupid as to say that we can break NSC's monopoly by inviting applications to create new stock exchange. I find nobody can be that stupid. Anybody who knows basics of the market would know that this is just as impossibility. That's Debashish Basu. He is a chartered accountant who has also worked as a financial journalist across pretty much all major business publications in India. The move that he called, well, stupid, is one that the Securities Exchange Board of India has recommended. They believe that the National Stock Exchange, or the NSE, is too big for its own good, and their move is to introduce more exchanges in India. While the NSE sees 95% of the market share, what has the NSE done wrong on which SEBI has a problem? Well, it has to do with a pretty monumental event that occurred on the 24th of February of this year, 2021. Hello and welcome to Unofficial Sources, a business podcast by The Ken. I'm Anushka Chikara. I'm Olena Banerjee. And we're your hosts. This episode, we look at the National Stock Exchange, the history of its disruptive beginnings to where it stands today. And we also look a bit into the Security Exchange Board of India's insistence on breaking up the monopoly of the giant and how. Stay tuned. Okay, so before we begin, um, I'd just like to say welcome back, Olena. Thank you. Thank you. So at the company, we know about this, but just to share with our listeners, give them some context, you were on leave for a few days because you've unfortunately caught COVID. So how has the past week or so been for you? It was pretty dreadful. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't lie. I think... If you can avoid getting COVID, please do stay at home, mask up and stay safe. Uh, And if you have to go out, double mask, absolutely, you know, utmost uh, uh, carefulness there. I think the last week, uh, I was fortunate to get a milder form of COVID, but I'm still struggling with, you know, some of its uh, long term kind of side effects. But I think... uh, I think what's worse is sort of in being in this situation with millions of other Indians who, you know, who have a varying, who are dealing with varying degrees of of uh, this disease. So let's just hope everybody recovers well and we can get our country back on track soon. Yeah, well, I'm definitely glad that you're feeling well enough to be on the podcast. Yes, and I'm excited to talk about stocks. Okay, so let's jump right in. Do you remember what you were doing on the 24th of February this year? Well, I sure don't. But if you're a trader in India, this day definitely sticks out in your mind. Here's a trader we spoke to, to share his accounts of events on that day. I'm Satak. I am a law student at Symbiosis Law School, Pune. I have been trading since the last couple of years. I'm still new to this. His day started as any other. The National Stock Exchange website was up and running. But then, 
At around 10 a.m., he realized that something was off. So the National Stock Exchange it opens around 9:15 local time as usual. Um, around 10 a.m. on that day, it was noticed on the website itself that the NSE tickers and other indices were not updating. And there was no communication from the NSE for the same, as confusion was spreading across all traders and brokers. Now, uh, me, including a lot of my friends as well, all of us would believe that things would come back up in half an hour or an hour. But there was a complete lack of communication from the National Stock Exchange, which was adding to the confusion. We kept on checking Twitter updates from brokerage firms such as Zero Da, Nitin Kamath's page. He kept on updating uh, NSE's page, SEBI's page. There was SEBI's, the Security and Exchange Board of India, but there was no update from them. There were updates from stock market gurus, but there's again nothing official, only speculations and rumors. Then, about an hour later. Now, eventually, the NSE halted trading, including all of the equity and future and options and currency, uh, from around 11 11:30 a.m. With radio silence the whole day, at 3:30 p.m., the time the market closes, the NSE made an announcement. And finally, around 3:30, there was a tweet from the National Stock Exchange which informed that trading will be open from 3:30 to 5, which are uh, usually the extended hours. So. Beside the lack of communication, the National Stock Exchange did not even shift the trading to a disaster recovery website, which is the backup website which they have the feature to, but they still didn't do it. If you're wondering what all the fuss is about, well, the National Stock Exchange is where 95% of all stock trades in India happen. It includes trades by people like you and me, or by mutual fund houses that you're invested in, or by companies. It's the economic marketplace of one of the world's largest nations, where stocks worth trillions of rupees trade hands every day. And on February 24th, for four hours, the marketplace just froze and came to a stop. Effectively, the symbol of India's vibrant economy came to a stop for those few hours. And it wasn't the first time that this has happened. Okay, so Alina, I have an inkling of what your relationship with finance and stock exchanges, but um, I, to be very honest, don't know anything about this. Like before, I got into the research for this episode. If you ask me, hey, tell me what the stock exchange means, I would pretend like the call is breaking up and just hang up. <laughs> well, uh, Anushka, I think. you know i'm not i'm not sort of super far away from where you are in terms of your understanding of the stock market for the longest time all the stock market meant to me were those you know dual ticker tapes that go that run across almost all you know news channels and mm-hmm. they'd be red and and green arrows and the only thing that i could probably understand was green arrows meant that the stock was doing well and red arrows meant the stock was going down and before i was a business journalist i think that was sort of the extent of my understanding since i become a business journalist i don't think my understanding has really ticked forward all that much and i think that's primarily because the stock exchange is just this ephemeral you know beast being that it's it's actually really difficult for a common lay person to understand how it works right so here is one of my favorite memes which is actually a video explaining the stock exchange 
Okay, I'm not going to play the whole video here, of course. It'll be linked in the show notes. But here's one piece of it that's become quite an iconic meme. Like anytime someone says talks, in my mind, that surrealist meme of the talking head just going stonks is what plays in my head, right? Yeah, right. But it is it is the most Gen Z way of explaining anything. I know. It's funny to admit that my source was a meme. But to be honest, Alina, whenever I've done research on the stock market, anything I Google, it's been really confusing. Jargon and names and words that mean nothing to a layperson. That's actually a really interesting point. And I, I fully agree with you, right? I think I think Googling anything to do with stocks could probably lead you down this rabbit hole of a lot of complex, you know, jargony economic terms that most of us don't understand. But I think the accessibility is a really important point that you brought up because in 2020, there were apps like Robinhood that really exploded. There was the whole GameStop saga that happened uh, in in the US, and then there was this 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 sort of uh, semi documentary fictional account of the Harshad Mehta scandal, which I think like by way of which a lot of Indians for the first time actually paid attention to what the stock market does. But I think the fact that now these technological tools exist now there's you know there's sort of popular culture lore around investing uh in in 2020 that's kind of made it a lot more accessible and i think the flip side to that is also we still don't actually understand how the stock market really works so there's there's this kind of land rush maybe to for for retail consumers to go and start trading but do we really understand what the stock market is still about so we called in Nitin Shashi Kumar. Nitin writes and manages the Ken's Daily's newsletter, Beyond the First Order. You might remember him from our previous episodes and have heard me refer to him as the go-to financial guy. He's been a financial analyst, has run his own wealth management company, and is a financial writer. So let's get down to the basics. What exactly is the National Stock Exchange, Nitin? All right, so simple answer. A stock exchange is, you know, the marketplace where someone can go to buy and sell stocks. There are actually eight active stock exchanges in India, Anushka, but the dominant ones are the National Stock Exchange or the NSE and the Bombay Stock Exchange or the BSC. Okay. And what's the deal with the two of these? Okay. So for that, we have to rewind back a little. Uh, when the BSE was set up in 1875, right? So it's a, a really old uh, stock exchange. Back then, there were lots of regional stock exchange um, that mushroomed over the years as well. But BSE remained the dominant player. That was until 1992. Now, in 1992 is when the National Stock Exchange was set up. And it was one of the many new stock exchanges that actually came up in the 20th century in India. But what made it different was it was actually the first one that provided a fully automated and electronic screen-based system for trading. Hmm. And why was automation and this electronic screen-based system the need of the art? What was so disruptive about it? So picture this, and this was before the NSE really came about, right? And this is how trading actually used to happen. Uh, so there was this floor of the stock exchange where brokers used to gather around 
uh, brokers would yell, try to match prices of stocks. And that wasn't really transparent to the people who were invested, right? I mean, everyone couldn't really see the prices of stocks in real time in such an environment. So when NSE came in, it brought the Indian stock market online. It went completely online. Um, and that, of course, increased the volume of stock market activity as well because it wasn't physical and concentrated in one place anymore. But that wasn't the only purpose with which the NSE came in, Anushka. The BSC at that time had a near monopoly on trading. It was the dominant one. And there was a lot of problems with mismanagement and even high-profile controversies. Right. So speaking of high-profile controversies, there's a pretty famous one if you just Google this, right? The Harshad Mehta scam. By the way, with the entry of the NSC, uh, the BSC also was supposed to go online in 1995. NSC aimed then to be the young, new, innovative and transparent counterweight to the BSC. And as a new player, the NSE did things that the BSE never would. Here's Anand Kalyanaraman on NSE's disruption. Anand is a writer for the Ken and is a chartered accountant who became a financial journalist. He wrote the extensive story on the NSE, which this episode is actually based on. It's titled, How India's National Stock Exchange Turned from Solution to Problem. So the NSC was young and nimble, and it did a lot of disruptive things. Importantly, it adopted technology. It implemented pan-India screen-based trading and eased the membership norms for brokers. Also, it focused on quality and helped increase the depth of the market. In essence, the NSC was professional and transparent, and it opened the market to a large section of folks. Essentially, by bringing the stock market online and allowing more brokers to enter, the NSE brought in participants from all over the country. At the turn of the century, the NSE got a head start in derivatives trading in the equity market. This essentially involves involves, betting on the futures and options of stocks and indices. This segment of the market grew rapidly and gave NSC a lead over BSC, which was unassailable. The NSC offered more products, thereby attracting more investors and traders, due to which it gained popularity over the BSC. So over the years, NSC also dominated the cash segment of the stock market. This is essentially the buy and hold segment with the intent to sell at a profit later. BSC tried to catch up by improving its management, but it has struggled. That's because liquidity begets liquidity and investors continue to flock to NSE. At this point, NSE is on top of the world. It's attracting investors in flocks and it's achieving what it set out to, to be an alternative to an old dominant system that held a monopoly and did not change with the times. But as the villain from Batman, Harvey Dent, said, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. We'll be back right after this short break. Hi, I am Pranav Balakrishnan and I'm a staff writer here at The Ken. I've been a journalist here for close to two years. 
In those two years, we've gone from offering our subscribers one exclusive daily story from India to daily exclusive stories from Southeast Asia, daily and weekly newsletters, and now this podcast. If you've been listening to our podcast and enjoy the sharp and thoughtful take on businesses around you, you will love the rest of what we have to offer. So for our podcast listeners, we have set up a special offer. Go to the-ken.com slash podcast offer to check it out. It'll also be linked in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening. The NSE's golden days ran long and far. The years kept coming and they didn't stop coming. Until the cracks in the foundation began to show. The first crack, and a large one at that, was in the form of what's known as the NSE co-location controversy that was exposed by a whistleblower in 2015. NSE was essentially accused of giving preferential access to select traders to put across their algorithmic trades between 2012 and 2014. This episode raised a lot of uncomfortable questions about corporate governance at the exchange. At this point, the NSE had a 95% market share. It had solved problems that the BSE was plagued with. But with going online and having the massive scale it did, the NSE created a new set of problems for itself. Glitches. Now, glitches for an exchange aren't unusual or even earth-shattering. International exchanges that are well-respected, like the New York Stock Exchange and the London Stock Exchange, have had their own share of glitches over the decades. But the problem with the NSE was that it was one glitch after another. There have been as many as nine over the past four years, as per media reports. And four of these occurred last year, in 2020. For instance, an important glitch which happened in 2017 halted exchange operations for some time in the morning. Now, the thing I'm wondering is that whenever there's a system like this set up, there's always a regulatory body, right? Like how when we talk about banks and their financial services, it's the RBI that looks over it. What's the equivalent here? So there's SEBI. Securities and Exchange Board of India is the regulator of listed companies in the country and also of market institutions such as the stock exchanges. On the Colo controversy, SEBI had ordered NSE in 2019 to pay back profit of about rupees 600 crore and it had also imposed penalties on the exchange and its top management. So where was SEBI when these glitches kept happening again and again and again? SEBI had asked NSE to conduct internal inquiries regarding the technical glitches, but the reports have not yet been made public. It is also unclear if action has been taken. SEBI also had a plan to refund investors for the damages due to tech issues, but the progress on it is also unclear. NSE's cracks were now growing wide. In fact, once the disruptive superstar, NSE started to have similar problems to BSC, the incumbent it had unseated. Over time, even SEBI had to admit that NSE probably had taken things a bit too far. The four-hour outage only seemed to vindicate the regulator's concerns that it alluded to at the beginning of the year. Basically, in January of this year, 
2021, SEBI released a discussion paper that took an aim at NSE's market dominance. They're now saying that the NSE is too big for its own good, and they seek to cut its size. And how exactly does it plan to do that? By introducing more competition, aka more exchanges. So to speak to that move, here's Debashish Basu, the voice you heard right at the top of this episode. No, first of all, I don't think there is an objective behind this. Uh, the objective isn't to to break NSE's monopoly at all. Number one, I don't know what the objective is because well, the regulator floats all kinds of ideas. There are different forces behind it. This is certainly not going to sort of do any harm to NSE at all. There's absolutely nothing that's going to happen to NSE. For the simple reason that you cannot create an exchange like you can create another biscuit factory. Exchanges thrive on network effects and you cannot create a network effect. It just happens. Liquidity is not going to come to a new exchange. There's not going to be a buyer and won't be a seller. And if there are no buyer and seller, the exchange can't work. As simple as that. Why would I take my trades to a new exchange and start trading there. What is my incentive? And also, don't forget that we've already tried that experimentation before. There is a third exchange already, which is MC, which is Metropolitan Stock Exchange, and nobody trades there. So this is not the... Uh, I mean, I can't believe that anybody can be so stupid as to say that we can break NSC's monopoly by inviting applications to create new stock exchange. I find... Nobody can be that stupid. Anybody who knows basics of the market would know that this is just an impossibility. Why is this still come up with it? I have no idea. And I don't think it's going to go anywhere. So, Olena, from my conversation with Debashish, the odds seem stacked against smaller exchanges and potential new ones, given the network effect that works in the NSE's favor. Most market experts say that unless there are new innovative products, there'll be little use of these new exchanges. Right. And even before we worry about what new disruptors might do to the NSC and, you know, do what the NSC did to the BSC all those years ago, at the very least, the NSC needs to brush up its act, you know, in the meantime. So if a major glitch happens again, uh, NSE must ensure that the trades can move seamlessly to another exchange without really hurting the traders too much and without people losing money like they did on the 24th of February. I mean, that's just basic stuff that the NSE needs to put in order straight away. All said, it's incumbent on NSE to sharpen its infra and tech chops to avoid mishaps again. And that's the end of this episode of Unofficial Sources. What did you think about it? As usual, we love to hear your feedback. You can email us on podcast at the-ken.com or tweet at us at thekenweb. Everything will be left linked in the show notes. As usual, feel free to subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on and give us a rating. You know, no harm in that. Every little bit helps. And, well, we'll see you next time. Next fortnight on Unofficial Sources by The Ken. Ken.